to the Women Transform Podcast with your host, Pamela Jordan, where we help women become the kingdom women and to walk in God's purpose for their life, where we encourage women and empower women to reflect upon real-life issues from a biblical point of view. Are you ready to transform your life? Well, come along with me on this journey to be transformed together. So let's get started. Welcome to the Women Transform Podcast show. How is everybody doing today? We hope you guys had a blessed and wonderful day in your cars, driving home, ready to hear a wonderful word from the Lord to bless you on today. So I need you to sit back and relax. This month we've been talking about, this has been April, it has been the month of sexual assault awareness month. So we've been talking to different women who have overcome, who have came out, who God has blessed to share their story and share how God has blessed them to where, where they are today and what God has been doing in their life. And we hope that every word that comes forth will be a blessing to somebody out there to say, you know what, I can do the same. I am an overcomer. So as we're going to get started, we're going to be talking about today um, domestic violence. And we've been talking about, like I said, sexual assault for the last, um, last week we did an interview on sexual assault, but today we're going to talk about domestic violence. I have a special guest in the studio on today, and I'm going to have her introduce herself, and we're going to get started. So you guys, you know how we do, you relax, and let's have some fun. <laughs> All right, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here on the show today to, um, to grace you with my story, and and I pray that it will be a blessing and an inspiration to someone who is going through right now. Uh, my name is Makita Vachette. I am a, an evangelist. I am an educator. I am an author. I have written a book and in the process of writing my second one. I am more importantly a mother and I am also a philanthropist. I am right currently in the country of Nigeria doing some mission work here, and I am the founder and hostess of the show, The Healing Station. The Healing Station is an online broadcast that, um, that God gave me a vision for, and I use that show to, um, to invite women to share their stories of trial and triumph as a way to inspire, encourage, and empower other women. So that's who I am. That's what I do. And um, it's a pleasure again to be here. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and sharing your story. Because I'm going to let her share some bits and pieces of her life and her story. And it takes a lot um, for people to share that, you guys. So you guys bear with us. But I um, wanted to mention, she said she's over in was it Nigeria. I want to get it right to the right country and doing mission work, which is awesome. Um, the work that you're doing, does it um, have to do with domestic violence or is that a whole different concept going on? Not really just pertaining to domestic violence, but the work that I am doing here is helping women and children who are living in poverty or, or homeless. And um, I've also been doing some work with some orphanages here and some of the local schools because there is so much poverty in this country. And a lot of the women and children, they're without homes. They're, or either the families have very low incomes where they can barely afford to have a good meal. Most of the people in this country live on less than $1 a day. So you can imagine what the poverty rate is like here. But um, again, my, my mission is to help women and children in whatever area they need to be helped. 
that's that's awesome. And I want to applaud that and give you the applause and kudos because it takes a special person to do what you're doing. Everybody can't do what you're doing. Everybody's not called to do what you're doing. And to have the heart for people and for women. I, I, I applaud you for that. And the operative word is called because if God didn't call you to it, it would make it so difficult. But I love what I do because I know it's a part of my purpose. And when you know that you're fulfilling the purpose of God in your life, what you do, it doesn't seem like work. So I really enjoy helping the people that God placed in my path for me to assist. And that is and that's awesome. And I I appreciate that because it is it is a call. It is a call. And I just wanted to applaud you for that. And thank you for that, because, you know, if few many are chosen few are called many are chosen so right everybody's not called to do what you guys are doing and, and, and you deserve you guys deserve the applause and really do especially <laughs> day and time and what's going on it really does take a special person so i want yeah, to get be all the glory it's all <laughs> glory goes to god so yeah. i wanted to get that out of the way and just go in talking about sharing your story, because as I said, we've been talking about sexual assault is um, the month of April is sexual assault awareness month. But we're also talking about domestic violence also. Because they okay. all kind of come in together. So if you can just share some of your story with the people and, um, okay. and we see what guys. All right. And as you said, when you go through sexual assault or domestic abuse, it's not really easy to share your story. That's a process because a lot of women, we become silent after we um, after we experience that type of um, thing in our lives. And it took me a very long time to open up about my story. And once I did open up and I started telling people about what happened to me, a healing started to take place. And I noticed that... Um, there is healing and sharing your problems because a problem shared is a problem solved. So for those who are going through, I want to encourage them. Again, like I said, I pray that my story will bless somebody. But my abuse began as a child. When I was about eight years old, I had an uncle who sexually molested me along with my cousin who was also his son. Um, He would touch me in unacceptable ways and also curse me to touch him in ways that were not acceptable. Uh, And the worst part was how he would force my cousin and me to do uh, things to each other while he would sit back and watch with enjoyment. And then he would tell us, if you tell anybody, you're going to get in trouble. So that's what kept me silent for a long time. By the time I was 12 years old, An older friend of mine surprisingly witnessed my uncle molesting me, and he used this as an opportunity to force me into having sex with him. So my first sexual experience was not a good one. He told me that I could either have sex with him or he would tell everyone what he knew. And being the young and naive and scared girl that I was at the time, I felt like I didn't have a choice. So this led me, um, after that experience, it really led me to suffering from low self-esteem, and I became a very promiscuous teen. My reputation, I felt like it was scarred because of that, and I experienced several encounters of boys trying to take advantage of me as a result of that. And by the time I was 17 years old, my relationship with my mom had become unbearable. I felt neglected, unloved, and incompetent by my family. I, um, I was just desperate for love and attention. So I sought that in so many different places. And by the time I was 17, I left home to go and live with a boyfriend. 
after a couple of years of listening to my mom and my grandmother tell me how I shouldn't be shacking up <laughs> and living <laughs> in sand, I finally agreed to marry this guy when I was 19 years old, which is very young to be married for me and um, in my right. opinion. But it was after the marriage that the abuse began. Mm, yeah. It was at that time that the, um, the abuse began. So he isolated me from my family. He controlled everything I did, took advantage of every opportunity to belittle and degrade me. He would push me around, hit me, punch me, bite me, hold me down, smother my face with pillows. I mean, you name it, he did it. But one of the most humiliating things that he would do to me is that when he would get extremely angry, he would take his fingers and he would pinch my nipples or my clitoris and he would just twist it as hard as he possibly could as I cried and begged him for mercy. And um, the night that I decided to leave him, I had been beaten so badly that the ER doctor looked at me and he said, you're lucky to be alive. I left the hospital with stitches in my head. I had stitches in my shoulder, which I still have all the scars, and I had stitches in my knee. My hand was broken because he attempted to punch me in my face, and I used my hand to block the punch, so he hit my hand instead, and it broke my hand. So you can only imagine the damage that would have been done to my face had I not blocked the punch. Um, my ankle was twisted. My body was just full of sores and, and bruises. And um, to add insult to injury, after all this was over and I was going through my healing process because I didn't go back to the house with him, uh, about two weeks later, he came to where I was living and he forced me to go with him. Oh, wow. He held me hostage for about two and a half days. He refused to let me out of his sight. He watched me like a hawk. Everything I did, he was there to watch. If I wanted to watch TV, he was there. If I wanted to eat, he would follow me into the kitchen as I prepared food. If I wanted to take a bath and use the toilet, he would be there. If when I was in the tub taking a bath, he would actually sit on the toilet and sit there and watch me while I bathed. And I mean, everything I did, he watched me. And this went on for two and a half days and finally he had to leave and go to work. And the moment I thought he was gone and the coast was clear, I went out of the house and I just took off running. And he has an, I had an aunt who lived only about a half a mile away from the house. And I ran all the way to her house. She had her son was there and she had him to take me home after I explained to her what had happened. Um, she said that she would confront him and that I wouldn't have to worry about him bothering me again. So after this, I just found myself stuck in a cycle of making bad relationship choices. And I must, I have to say that, you know, a lot of times when, when men have a history of abuse or being abusive, the cycle continues for them too. We fall into a cycle, but it's a cycle that they're in too, because this man, this was more than 20 years, well, almost 20 years ago. And um, no, actually it was more than 20 something years ago. And he continued that cycle and he abused every other woman that he was with after me. And he actually ended up losing his life as a result of domestic violence because the woman he was married to, he was abusing her and she killed him in self-defense. So, I mean, it's really 
that story the way it ended for him. And um, but that's just, you know, you, my mom is we have a saying when I was growing up, you made your bed, you lie yes, in it. Yes. Right. But um, and I'm, I'm glad you made that right. point, because a lot of people have to uh, do understand it's a pattern. It's something that um, the just not the victim, but the person that is doing it, there's somewhere on the family exactly. line that this either happened to them or they saw it. And it runs through the, unfortunately, runs through the generations. If it's has if not right, stopped, right. it continues. Exactly. It, it continues. Exactly. We hate that he died that way, but you you just see how people right. can see the patterns and understand that um, th there are patterns of why some people do. And the consequences so that people will know what the consequences yeah. are, because, you know, I think about it and I just thank God that he delivered me from that situation because that could have been my story. That could have been a part of my right. story where I have been the one to take his life in order to save mm -hmm. my own. So I thank God that that was not a part of my story. Yeah. But um, but what it did do to me is that after going through that, I just found myself stuck in a cycle of just making bad relationship choices, getting in one bad relationship after another. And, you know, with men who physically and emotionally abused me, I have been cussed out, call names, hit. There was one relationship I was in. The guy, he got mad at me. We had a disagreement and he threw me down and I landed in a bed of red ants and they just ate up my body. Um, I've had money stolen from me. I've actually found myself in a situation with a gun pointed to my face. One relationship I was in, the guy got furious with me and he tried to run me off the road with uh, in the car while I had my children in the car with me. And um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. But finally, I, just, I got to a point where I was just tired. And I decided to just surrender everything to God. And I asked God in my last relationship, my last marriage, actually, to just, you know, just take me as far away from this as you possibly can. And God opened up the door for me to move to China. And I just stepped out on faith. I packed up everything. Me and my girls, I have two young daughters. And I packed it up and we went to China. And I lived there for five years with my daughters, and we had a very beautiful life. Our life was happy and fulfilling. And during my time there, I developed a close relationship with God, and I began my healing process because there were so many things that I needed to heal from in order for me to move forward. And God delivered me from the pain and the shame of my past. And because for a long time, as I told you, I couldn't talk about these things. I was ashamed to tell people about the things that yeah. I went through. Could you share with me? I'm sorry, I know you talked about how um, it, it was a cycle. How, what did you do to break that cycle? Because like you said, it well, that was a part of the healing process that God took me through. I stayed single for five years while I was in China. I did not date. I didn't talk to anybody. No interaction or intimacy with a man at all for five years. And I just began to develop my relationship right. with God. And that's when God started to speak to me. And one thing that God said to me that was so, so important was setting mm -hmm. standards. Because as women, we have things, we have our minds, and we all have made this list of what the perfect man yeah. is like. And God told me that I need to throw my list away and make another list based on what he wanted for me, not what I wanted for myself. It had nothing to do with what a man looked like or what kind of job he had or what kind of education he has. But it was all about how he lines up in the will of God and, and God's purpose right. for my yeah. life. And, that's so and so... Yes. 
Right. It's so important. And when God spoke those things to me, um, it, it just it became it became, um, again my healing process. And like I said, he delivered me from the pain, the shame of my past. And it was then that he led me to start sharing my story with people. And after I started sharing my story, God gave me the idea to write a book. And the name of the title of my book is I Am a Gift. And it focuses on helping women to discover who they are and breaking the cycle of making bad relationship choices. And um, but it's all it's all about just knowing when you recognize how much God loves you. Yes. To start developing a love within yourself. You start to see yourself yeah, differently. That is, that is just so important for those who are listening to really understand if you are in a situation such as this, that God loves you. And when you realize how much he loves yes. you, because a lot of times we get upset and we question God why we're in this situation. Well, you have to also look exactly. at the fact that God loves you. You're still alive, alive enough to That's allow it. him to bring you out, as you said, to break that cycle, to get out because the healing, you know, healing is important. And a lot of times, a lot of women in these situations, and I know you mentioned it up in the conversation about low self-esteem and everything, and they don't feel that they can make it to the healing process, but the healing process is so important that you go through it. Don't just brush it aside. Don't just say, well, I'm done with them. I'm not, I don't see them anymore. I don't talk to this person anymore. I hold no relationship and so much and all that, which is fine. But have you gone through your healing process? And I like what she said, you know, even though she, you know, she went to China. So I want to get for it. I know that was beautiful, but her healing process had to win. <laughs> it took five years. Um, and it, you know, people right. don't understand. You, you can't, can't rush it. It's wrong. That you Right. It's not something right. you guys can rush. It's not something that you say, well, you know, this thing has no, it's a, it's, that's why it's a process. There's a healing process that has to go on mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to allow God to heal you because you have a story yes. and you have, there's someone else out there that is waiting for you to hear your story, but you got to get healed first. That's and and that's, that was so important. And I wrote that down because it's really so important to me that people understand you have to go through your healing process. I know you don't see the person anymore. I know you're not in that relationship anymore, but you heal from right. within in order to be able to heal from without. Yes. Because- right. Healing is yeah. from the inside yeah. out. And, you know, there are things start taking place on the inside of you it changes your mindset it changes the way you see yourself it changes the way you start looking at people and relationships and I'm going to tell you another thing Pamela that was that I had to go through that was really really hard for me and it's really difficult for uh, for when Mm -hmm. you're a victim but the thing is that even if you've been victimized do not continue to play the victim because that is not what God wants for us. God said that we are victorious and, you know, and playing the victim, it prolongs prolongs right. the healing. And a lot of times we can talk and talk and talk and talk about what we went through and how mm-hmm. somebody hurt us. But at some point we got to stop talking about it and start mm-hmm. doing okay. something. To I don't think people realize that because when you, like you just said, when they're talking about and talking about, you're really still in that victim mode because you're constantly talking about it and and you're not healing from it um you know once you start to heal you don't talk it i mean you're talking about it but you're talking about it in a different way what i'm saying because you have something to talk about and talk about yeah he did this and did it but you have not healed from that you got to heal from it so it's a different way and you're so right you know you you're still in that victim mode 
when you're talking about it in a way that you, you, you know, the hurt is still there, the pain is still there. No, all that stuff is not going away. But when God heals you, He takes it away. But when you're when you're steady exactly. talking about it in such a way, you're not healed. You're still playing victim, and you got to get out. And, and she's like she said, you guys, you got to get out of the victim mode. There, there are so many ways. So many people yeah. out here that can help you. Organizations, um, just just right now, we have women in the body of Christ who have been through, but no one would know until you open your mouth and tell somebody. No one would know to exactly. be able to help you. Exactly. Until you go ahead. And uh, another thing that I had to do was I had to search within myself because we are in control of our own yeah. decisions. We're in control of our actions. And we have to accept the fact that even though the person may have hurt us and victimized us, we still had a choice in the situation because there are a lot of red flags that we see in, in the beginning of a relationship that we sometimes overlook. And even though we see those red flags, we still want to try to see the good in people. And so we would blow them off. We would overlook it, deny them. And so I had to go back and or look back and say, OK, you know what? I saw these things, but I chose. I chose to overlook them. And because I made that choice, these were the consequences that I had right. to suffer. Not saying that it was good and not saying that it was right. But anytime there's conflict, conflict has two sides. Both parties play a role in it. And I had to find out what my role was and how I played a part in my pain because I was the one who was making the choice to get into these relationships with these men who were hurting me. And that was a very hard thing to do was to have to find out where my issue was, what was causing me to make these bad choices. And once you search within yourself and understand why you have to get to the root of the problem and understand what is causing you to make these bad decisions over and over and over again. And once you get to the root, then that is where you can be able to start your healing process. Because once you treat that root, then everything that's attached to it, it gets healed also. I mean, good information, you guys. Our time is ticking. But I mean, I love what she said, because we have to also take our accountability in some of the stuff that has right. happened. We can't always point the finger at the other person, but like she said, you know, she, you put your, you get yourself in these situations. You, you know, you were the one that went back and we're not bashing or hurting anybody, but part of your healing and how that's how wonderful God is. Cause God have you sit back and he start having you examine and triaging your own self and having you check back and say, you know what, Lord, I knew better. You showed me the red signs. I messed up. That's part of your healing because yeah. when you're steady, steady in denial and pointing the fingers at the other person is their fault, their fault, their fault. Your healing doesn't, your healing is not going to take place because we have right. to admit some of That's the things it. that we um, partake and we allow to happen. So I think that was beautiful. I think that was wonderful what you said because people, we always can, we can talk about both sides of the story. You know, we as a victim, what happened, but what did I do? What, what did I do to cause? You know, right. I do. You know, no, right. the violence is exactly. not right. We're not saying that, or why what they did was correct. No, none of that. What it all that's wrong. Right. No, of course not. You don't deserve that at all. And nobody's saying right. it's your fault. Just understand what made right. you choose make that decision, those decisions yeah. in your life that led to that, that question. Why do I keep attracting the same type of men when you right. allow that process to happen? So I thank you for that. 
our right. time is ticking down. I want you to share with them um, about the healing station and everything that you do, because someone may need to get in contact with you. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, great. All right. I am the founder of Makita Vachette Ministries. I host a live online broadcast called The Healing Station. It's a God-given vision, as I mentioned before, manifested through faith and a, a whole lot of purpose. Um, it is a platform that allows women to share their stories of trial and triumph as a way to inspire, encourage, and empower the women. You can find us on Facebook at Healing Station Online Broadcast. Or you can send us an email if you want to contact us or are interested in being a uh, guest on the show. Uh, you can contact us by email at healingstationonline at gmail.com. All right. All right, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed and got something out of it. If you know somebody that is in a situation and dealing with domestic violence, um, I know here in our local town, you can call um, the crisis line at 252-459-3094. That is for our domestic violence, um, my sister's house that is here local. So you can definitely call that. Um, next broadcast, I will give out some of the other national numbers that you guys can call up. But um, if you are a victim, tell somebody. Get some help. You don't have to be in silence. There is, there is a place out there. There are shelters. There are organizations. There are so many things out here to help you and keep your information personal and quiet they're not going to give it all out and everything but they're here to help you all right you guys well i thank you guys for listening i thank you for my special guest this is wonderful yeah i know we can go on and on and on and on and on. i know my topics get good so we can talk about it so much so much but i thank you guys for joining us until next time we will see you next time on the women transform podcast show thank you guys you guys have a wonderful evening bye-bye Thank you for listening to Women Transform Podcast with your host, Pamela Joy. If you like this episode and would like to hear many more, you can find us on Spotify under Women Transform, or you can email us at misspamelajordan at yahoo.com. Thank you for joining. Until next time, God bless.